Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Morgan Pratet. Okay, so this is the podcast and I'm right now in Bergamo where the International Cheese Fair is taking place and I'm here with Nick. Hello. Hi there. And so you were one of the first uh, cheeses. <laughs> you're, well, you're not the first cheese that I met, but the first cheese stand where I stopped and... Uh, still one of my favorites after all of these cheeses that I've tried. I've read somewhere that they have 3,500 different kinds of cheese in here. 3,804 to be exact, oh, which is go. insane. And that's just the ones that were being judged, you know. Yeah. That's not including all the cheeses for sale all around here. I felt so frustrated when I saw the signs, do not eat the cheese. I, I, I ate about 50 of them while I was judging. <laughs> and um, Well done. It gets less hard, believe me. I, I, I want to taste them all, but um, I think at this point, having since they've sat there overnight, you might not be so uh, yeah, I'm so inclined to try them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can certainly smell them, though. You can, you can smell them when you enter. It's a beautiful atmosphere. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm here with the Fine Cheese Company. Yeah. Uh, we are based in Bath in the United Kingdom. Uh, we also have, so that's where our original shop is uh, and has been for about 30 years uh-huh. uh, and our headquarters are nearby. Uh, we also have a shop in London. Uh, we have a biscuit factory up in the north in Derbyshire. Oh, really? uh, we're importers of European artisanal cheese into the United Kingdom yeah. and then we export British artisanal cheese as well as biscuits and chutneys and jams and that uh, sort of thing to the rest of the world. So I can find your products in Italy? You, I think so. I'm not sure exactly where but I, I'm pretty sure Sure, I've seen at least our crackers in Italy and hopefully some of the cheese we send out as Beautiful. well. Beautiful, I hope so. And what we really represent and, and have since the founding of our company by uh, Anne-Marie Dias, who is our, our founder who passed away a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, but who was a force in artisanal cheese, it is we represent artisanal cheeses both of the United Kingdom and of the world. So what we really focus on is working directly with artisanal producers, yep. people both reviving traditional practices of cheese and also moving the industry forward with newer artisanal cheeses as well and, and kind of reinventing in particular the world's idea of what British cheese is. I, I think, yeah. especially when it comes to things like cheddar or, or Stilton or, or the big boys, the ubiquitous names, it's so easy for people to think of them as one thing, especially when a lot of the, what's sent out into the world is a bit more industrial. Yeah. Uh, and what we really aim to show is, is both the stories behind the people and the animals who make these cheeses, and also the complexity and beauty of the artisanal cheeses uh, that fill our lovely island. I think you make a beautiful job. I had a few Italian guys stop and they were like, but 
this is not English. And yeah, <laughs> I know. It's in the, those few words. It says a lot because what? people have got this particular picture of what a English cheese should be like. You said it's a particular cheddar. Oh, the, absolutely. The traditional ones. People see blocks of things in their grocery store yeah, yeah, yeah. or what have you, and it, it's just not what it's all about, especially for the artisanal side, which is what we do. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about the cheese that you got, too, because I think that's a really exciting <laughs> yes, one. please describe that one. Well, what struck you about it? Why, why, why was that what you went for? Well, the first thing was the color. Yeah. So it's very almost, uh, I wouldn't say golden, it's but... It's fiery. Yeah, it's fiery. Yeah, orange. Yeah. Safety orange almost. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it heats up your order. Absolutely. And then the flavor is very rich, and for me it was almost like... Uh, we have this uh, Fiera de Castagna, mm -hmm. this festival of the the toasted uh, castanas. Yeah, yeah, the uh, and chestnuts. The yeah. chestnuts, yeah, and and the the flavor that finishes is a bit nutty. Absolutely. So it's a cheese, but still, it's so filled with uh, the first is it's a bit sweetness, like a bit of honey, but then it changes into this nutty. It's got so many characters but then it's still balanced and very elegant. Absolutely. I think for me, especially this time of the year, that is a cheese that I, I go for so often. Um, so what we're speaking of here is, of course, the Spark and Ho Red Leicester, uh, and in this case, a vintage Red Leicester. So this is a cheese you'd normally see at around eight months old on the market, and this one is a year and a half old. It is an absolutely beautiful raw milk British revivalist cheese. Um, this, this is a... a a cheese that in its traditional form, and when I say that, I mean raw milk and cloth bound yep. and made in Leicestershire, that from the 1950s until 2005, nobody had put those things together into one cheese. It went extinct, basically, wow. in that sense. So How was, did it become... Well, from the, 19, from the early 1950s onward, yep. the British cheese industry moved in a heavily industrialized direction. Yeah. Um, very much like what you see in the United States, what you see in France as well, what you yeah. see all over the world really in that post-war baby boom era. Um, and so the, the kind of traditional practice of this cheese, which is similar in some ways to cheddar, but not the same. It is a distinctly different cheese than cheddar. Um, really vanished. So between the 1950s and 2005, there were other people in Leicestershire making Red Leicester, but it was either pasteurized uh, in a more a sort of traditional form or it was a block cheese like you'd see in a grocery store. Yeah. There were other people in the rest of the UK making Red Leicester style cheeses, but even the ones that were raw milk or farmstead were not being made in Leicestershire. So in 2005, the Clark family uh, revived this, and that's David and Joe Clark, uh, who have a herd of lovely stud pedigree Holstein cows. Um, and they revived this cheese. And so you find it now in this beautiful raw milk, cloth-bound, yeah. just gorgeous, intricate, lingering, lovely version of a cheese that I think really speaks to what a Leicestershire cheese is. You, you taste a bit more of the milk coming out of that landscape yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to just any old sort of block thing that's nice and bright red and melts really well in a toasty or a burger, but might not have that complexity and, and distinction that this one does. I think it's a beautiful piece of cheese myself and it couldn't be made by nicer people. And that's another part that struck me, that you actually talked about the producers of it and the story behind it. For me, it's so which, important. Which is, it's a very important part of the story. And Every also, cheese has a story. Yes, of course. And it needs to be told. So thank you for telling me Absolutely. I'm always happy to. Finally. I don't know if you're a wine lover, but 
they also have wine tastings here. In the beginning, for example, they have all the, the best wines from different regions of mm -hmm. the world and so on. So, is there a particular wine that you would combine with this cheese? That's such a hard one. That's I such a know, hard one yeah? because, you know, for a cheese like this, <laughs> the really particular. traditional thing you have with that yeah. is a real ale. Yeah. You have an ale with this cheese because oh, it has yeah, those yeah. nutty notes and it has that acidity and sweetness. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I'll a chestnut ale would be great with that, but... If you are going to pair wine, yep. what's nice about at least this one you got is that mm -hmm. it's the vintage age. The younger one is very, very difficult to pair with the wine. Can imagine more context. Yes, I, I personally am in favor of whites with cheese as, as the easier pairing. Yeah. And because of that nuttiness you see there. Now there is acidity. Mm -hmm. It's not an alpine, but there are suggestions of that chestnutty flavor, like you were saying. You can also uh, of, go of for champagne earth. with the vintage. Yeah, I mean you can do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't? I would. I would have that with anything. Um, <laughs> But I might almost pair something something gentle like a kerner mm -hmm. or or maybe a a drier Riesling yeah. with that cheese. Some like people that. would be inclined because of the salt in it to go with, with a nice tight red. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think cheddar and Merlot works or, or, or a, a Rioja maybe mm -hmm. um, or another Tempranillo would work well with it. But I, I do think I would go with go a dry the Alpine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank You're you for so taking welcome. your time and thank you for sharing the story of the cheese. Well, thank you for asking about it. I'm always happy to... I keep uh... on smiling and it's a good sign. <laughs> and even after having tried, well, not the 3,804 cheeses, but quite a lot of cheeses, I still go back to try your cheese. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. I'm, I'm proud to represent the British tradition and, and the cheesemakers behind it. And I'm really happy you like it. Thank you. So I hope to see you again in Bath. Otherwise... Hope to see you back in Italy. Come on by the shop. Welcome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.